Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome back to another episode of the FT Lull podcast. We've got another feature session for you. And for this one, I've got the pleasure of welcoming former Bournemouth and Leighton Orient legend and FPL cult hero slash legend, Mr. Charlie Daniels. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, before we get into it, just want to say thank you for that 2016-17 uh, season. Had you in my FPL most of the season and, and ran away with my mini league and won a bit of cash. So, oh, lovely. Yeah, thanks for that. It was a good yeah. season. It was a good season. It was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, how, how are you doing? Now, you're, at, you're at Watford now, aren't you, as a yeah, coach? Yeah, I started my coaching career uh, at Watford, so coaching and helping out the under-18s, uh, which is a good first step for me, you know, getting getting into it and getting into the day-to-day stuff and uh, started managing games as well, which is which has been really good. So, it's a, as I said, it's a great first step for me. Very, very grateful that Watford have given me the opportunity. Uh, I said I'm really looking forward to see what the next step is. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you sort of see yourself getting into sort of full time management at, at some point and going up the ranks or more yeah, I do. Sort of I, coaching? Yeah, I, I feel that I uh, that I want to be a manager. That I want to be uh, whether that's managing 18s, 23s, first team. Uh, yeah. I don't really know yet, but I'm sure there's a lot of learning to do and. If I've given the opportunity, then it's saying that I would relish whatever uh, whatever side it was or whatever league it was. I'll, I'll take the opportunity with both hands and, and give it my all. Nice. Yeah, I mean, it's a t- tough job, but, you know, you're, you're staying in, in yeah. the game, in football, and, yeah, that's that's what you want to do, really, isn't it, once you've stopped playing. Um, so, yeah, continuing in football in some way, but... I suppose if, if we take it right back to when you was young, when you was a kid, was it always football for you, or was, was there any other sports that you maybe could have? Yeah, uh, there was there was two main sports. It was football and golf for me. It's the only sport that me old man could play was golf. So so whenever he could, we we'd be out on the course like playing and and stuff. So yeah, that was that's that's my second love uh, after football was golf. Uh, I dabbled in some cricket at school, uh, playing like every now and again. Yeah. But, uh, but my main love is, is football, football and golf. Yeah. Do you get into football sort of quite early as well then? Or yeah, I was playing. Yeah. Ever since I can remember, I was playing football. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all I ever wanted to do, and as I say, I was fortunate enough to to have the career that I did. Yeah, and I, I know this this is going to be about the best players that you've played with but I mean you could you could probably make a top 11 out of your Sunday league team as well maybe not not in your particular year but some of the players that have come through that well I was fortunate my Sunday yeah might even go back to my Sunday league team my Sunday league team had uh, Bradley Johnson who plays now plays for Blackburn yeah 
uh, and Colin Kazim Richards. Okay. Who, so we, us three was all in the same team uh, uh, at Sunday League. So we had, we had not a bad team. We, uh, we won a few trophies. Yeah, so it's just to see players who you grow up with and, you know, playing from when you was young and see them have a, a career as well. It's, it's just, it's just nice. You know, you keep a good, a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah, and sort of growing up around, sort of, was it Essex? Essex Walkham Way or? No, Walthamstow. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so right next to the dogs, basically. Yeah. Is where we oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, I've got, I've got family around there. It's mostly sort of Tottenham, Tottenham West Ham is, is a lot of that. Were you? Is that how you supported West growing Ham? up? Or? No. No. <laughs> I support Newcastle. Oh, really? How, yeah, it's up to that then. So when I didn't, I didn't really follow football. I just played it, yeah. played, played, played it up until started following it. Probably when I was about ten, nine, ten, and then that's when Newcastle just missed out. So I think it's like the ninety four, ninety five, ninety five, ninety six season. So when they yeah, were yeah. the entertainers, basically under Keegan, yeah, under Keegan. So that's when I started to get proper into football, and I just like watching them. So from then on, it's a. Uh, I've just followed them. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's been a downhill spiral ever since. <laughs> so, so hopefully now under Eddie, they're going in the right direction, and hopefully with a, a little bit of backing, few, few more players, I think we could uh, we could do all right. But they need to be the right players coming into the club. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of people are sort of saying with with that Newcastle side, you know, they they've only stayed up because of money, but as you as you said, it's it's really down to Eddie Howe because they've not actually signed that many players that have, have gone into their first team yet. So yeah, that is that is going to be oh, yeah. exciting they've, for them yeah. going forward. They've signed players for what they need, which is the best thing ever. It's the best thing rather than buying. I mean, they could buy anyone. I mean, the amount of money they got, they could buy anyone. Yeah. At, at the minute, it's not the right type of players that they need. Mm. So maybe in hopefully the the summer. Uh, and then from then on, it, they should start buying the bigger, the bigger names, but hopefully ones that fit the type of person that they need at the club as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that, um, that sort of Keegan side for Newcastle growing up, kind of seeing your the way that you played for yeah. a left back, you were you were pretty attacking, always up and down that flank. Is have you always sort of been a a fullback or you? No, so growing up was a winger. Funny enough, okay. I, I think most fullbacks are. That that makes sense good. to be fair. To, to yeah, yeah. So yeah. So uh, yeah, so I was a winger growing up, and then when I was at Tottenham in the academy, I think I was, I think I got converted when I was eighteen, nineteen years old. So oh, just, quite late then. Yeah, so just before I started playing professional, so I must have been seventeen. Yeah, and I just started playing from then, from there on. So. uh yeah, it was it was good. It was good. I mean, for me, as as long as I was playing and affecting the game, then I then I'm happy. Yeah, and yeah. Learning a new role, defending a lot more, getting your position, stuff like that, awareness and stuff like that. It was uh, it was tough, but once I once you get to grips with it and I started enjoying it, and say you get that success, it uh, it makes you want it a bit a lot more. Mm. Yeah. Do you, do you sort of wish that you played maybe ten years 
later or, or, or you know, started your career five or ten years later than you did because the, the full-backs now, yeah. they're really, um, they're almost the main players on the pitch in, in a lot of teams. Yeah, they're, um, they're, they've gone from not being so, such crucial, probably, space in the, in the 80s because full-backs probably in the 80s, even 90s, you should just stay there. Yeah. Stay where they were. Not there was a few overlaps, not many. It wasn't as crucial. There was stay, stay back, lock your winger out, give it to give it to the full forwards. But uh, as you see, the the position evolve. It's uh, it's crucial because you're an attacker and a defender, and you're a link, you're a link as well between the defence, the midfield, the attack. So uh, yeah, it's become a lot more probably tougher to play there in terms yeah. of fitness wise. Tactically uh, and technically as well, because if you look even at this year or sorry last year and this year, Jao Cancelo has probably changed it again. Yeah, yeah. the way that Pep wanted him to to go into midfield mm. uh, when the ball was on the other side. So you know, it's football's always evolving, it's always changing. Everyone has new, fresh ideas. But yeah, but I think the fullback role, probably along with the keeper role. Is one that's changed the most. Yeah, yeah. I mean, keepers now. Yeah, they've got the outfield players. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's probably a good segue actually onto um, sort of kicking off your team. For my team, yeah. So your keeper. Who, my keeper. Who would you choose? I've gone for Asmir Begovic as my goalkeeper. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when he come to. Bournemouth, he, he already won the Premier League with Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Absolute man mountain, huge player. I mean, it was it's tough between him and Aaron Ramsdale because Aaron Ramsdale, if you look at him now, he's just gone on leaps and bounds, and he mm-hmm. now the potential and the, maybe the, even the finished article that we thought he could be. I mean, he was he was, he was only young. When he come to to Bournemouth, but yeah, he's, he, you could see with Aaron, he, he, had, he had a a great talent, and he just just needed that to play games a bit more, to want it a bit more. Yeah, uh, as you can see now with his move when he went to Sheff, back to Sheffield United, back playing, uh, and then he's got his move to Arsenal, he's he's flourished because that's the type of person he is. But for me, Asmir, as a as an all round goalie, he was just He's just top, and uh, you know the career that he's had, and I know you say he's got he's at Stoke for a long time. Pompey went to Chelsea, won the Premier League, but even with Bosnia, so what he, what they did in the in the 2014 World Cup, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. in Brazil, I think they got through to the quarters or the semi-finals. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they got to knock out, yeah. yeah, it was. It's just frightening, and he's say for me, he was just always reliable behind me, always talking, always in my ear, uh, and you didn't want to get on the wrong side of him as well. Mm. Here, man, Art of Boric, you don't want to get on the wrong side of the holy goalie. Yeah, yeah the holy goalie. He is a holy goalie as well. Yeah, yeah, he played for some, and then he went up to. He went to AC Milan, yeah. come back, and knows that he's gone to Evan. So it just shows the the levels that he's at. Mm. 
Yeah, I've, I'm an Arsenal fan, and when when Begovic was at Stoke, mm. um, I really wanted him because we, we had this goalkeeper problem, and a bit of it was down to you know them not being able to command their box and yeah. you know not talking and, and stuff like that. And yeah, Begovic would have ticked all them boxes, and yeah, obviously the fact that he went to Chelsea. Um, although he didn't play every week, sort of showed that that he could make that step up as well. So yeah, he's top top keeper. Can is he? Cause he could have played for Canada as well, were not he? Yeah. So he was telling me actually about his his upbringing. He had to had to flee Bosnia because of the war. Hmm. Uh, they went to Germany, I think it was. Uh, stayed there for a bit, and then had the option of going to. I think it was Canada. Somewhere else, I don't want to say, I can't remember where it was. And they chose to go to Canada. Uh, so he stayed there, got brought up there, had a great upbringing, I think he did. And then, and then because of football, they moved back to, to England. And then signed for Portsmouth. Yeah. And that's where it all started. Yeah, great story, that. Oh. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's really good. So, uh, full-backs... Where do you want to start? Right back, left back? Uh, I'll go left back. I've gone... I said I didn't put myself in. I'll put Ian Hart in. Oh, Ian. I, did, I didn't realise he... he yeah, was that former when he was in a champ. He... He come in... Yeah, I'm sure he was in a champ. And... Oh, what player? What left foot? Did he teach you how to take free kicks? Uh, no. No, I couldn't do it. He was... Uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, you see the careers over this, with like Leeds going to the semi-finals of the Champions League, mm. playing, playing, uh, playing at the highest level with, playing in the World Cup again with Ireland. Yeah. I mean, he's just, his technical ability was just frightening. And, uh, I learned a lot of him, uh, just watching him play, watching him train. Yeah, I said, learned a lot of him and, you know, it's, I think it's just his name stands for itself, doesn't it? It's it's uh he's yeah a top quality uh player and had a great career. Yeah, he's he's one of them guys just um for me growing up just yeah, just love uh, just love watching him really and mm-hmm. um yeah, the the free kicks are sort of definitely what what comes to mind, but he was he was a top defender anyway and you know, a bit like yourself, good, good on the ball for for a fullback as well. So yeah, that's that's a really good shout. I, yeah, so I didn't realise he he's at Bournemouth. He, he's been around a bit, hasn't he? When when he left Leeds and he he's done a few. Yeah, he went to Reading. Uh, I think he won a champ with Reading after Leeds. I can't remember who went after straight after Leeds. He might have just gone straight to Reading, but yeah, so he's. Phenomenal, phenomenal player. Mm. Yeah. So I've gone three at the back, if that's all right. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm trying to fit as much up front as I can, or in the yeah, league. yeah. So I've gone uh, next. I've gone Sylvain Distan. Oh, top player, top player. Yeah. Most appearances for an overseas player in the Premier League. Yeah. Nothing else to be said. He's. Don't know how he hasn't had a cap either. I know. In that time, it's, it's mental. Man Mountain. I mean, even now, his physique is is frightening. And for us, 
I think he signed the first year in the Prem. He was a very calming influence around the place. Very knowledgeable. He gave us a lot of info of what's to come, what to expect on each ground. Uh, a lot of game management stuff while the game was going on. Top guy. I said, and, and I think the name speaks for itself again. It's yeah. Say to to have the the most appearances for an overseas player in the, in the Premier League just says says it all. Yeah, yeah, I'm unbelievable player, and yeah, yeah generally a proper legend at sort of two or three yeah. Premier League clubs as well. And you can't you can't think of that many players that you can say that about. Nah, that's it, yeah. and that shows the. Him as a person as well, only as a player, that he's, he's got that legacy. Yeah. And then the other centre half I've gone for is Steve Cook. Oh, yes. So my, my good mate Steve. Mr Bournemouth, yeah. Mr Bournemouth. So we signed within two weeks of each other, I think, maybe even a week, less than a week of each other. And he's just got better and better and better every single year. It's high praise. I mean, he's in the top ten all-time Bournemouth players. I'm sure he is. And say Mr Bournemouth just says it all, really. He uh, gives his all all the time, puts his body on the line all the time, sometimes makes a save when he shouldn't do, uh, like at Norwich away. But uh, that's a funny story. So he, in League One, when we was in League One, he was, we didn't have a goalie on the bench because it was only five subs. So yeah. he, he was our sub goalie. Oh, and, he, okay. and he never he never got a chance to go and go. He was devastated. He was devastated. So so probably making that save at Norwich was probably his justification of showing how good he was in goal. But uh, I said, I mean even now look at he's gone to Nottingham Forest and he hasn't. I think he's only lost one game since he's yeah, been flying, isn't he? And uh, yeah, so uh, Cooper. I mean, Steve Cooper's done an unbelievable job there. And uh, Cookie's really enjoying it at the minute. Uh, so if they can keep in and around the playoffs, then uh, they've got a good chance of going up. Mm. Yeah, yeah, agree. And that, that experience of getting not just promoted from the championship, but as as with yourself, like having a few promotions, a few playoff runs and bits like that um, that's that's going to come in massively handy yeah. in, down the stretch in it so yeah you, you must be knocking in and about the, the top 10 um, I think I just missed out as well. I think I just missed out uh, I think him and Simon Francis is Simon Francis I think it might be Frano who got in the top 10 as well maybe I think I think they're I think they're both in there but I think yeah I just missed out yeah you had that one you Got a big injury last on the last yeah, year. I've had uh, I had a couple, so I had my right and left knee dislocated. So I had to. I was out for four months, three four months, but that was over the end of the season. So I didn't really miss, miss too much football. And then uh, what did I do? I done the pre-season, last pre-season game. Played, I think it was against Lazio, and then I was on the bench. The first home game of the season didn't get on. Then I played the second game against Aston Villa. We won one nil, and then the next game, Man City at home on TV, done my right one. Oh, not not the game you scored that 
No. This was. I remember when it was, but anyway, I was at yeah, and it was a, it, I dislocated my right knee, but it was worse than my left knee, so I was out I was out for about fourteen months altogether. Uh, but I was I was in a I was in a leg brace for twelve weeks. I was sitting on this machine. I don't know if you know it. I, I don't even know what it's called, but you you lay on this machine, so my legs flat, and then you can set it to a different whatever degrees. And then it goes up and down. It just moves your leg up yeah. and down. Yeah, I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, so I was on that for about 10 hours a day for eight weeks. Wow. So it was, uh, that was a tough period. Mm. I think it was during COVID as well. No, it was just before COVID. It's just before COVID. So I've done a lot of my rehab during COVID. Okay. Yeah, so it was a tough time. So, the lads, I wasn't allowed to see the lads, so I wasn't allowed to be anywhere near them. So they had to train. Then when they left, everyone left, then I could come in. So I was coming in about four or five o'clock in the afternoon uh, and then starting my, my rehab. How was that? Because of what, the COVID? Yeah, you, I wasn't thing, in the yeah. bubble. Yeah, I wasn't in the bubble. So yeah, I never even thought of that, but yeah, that must be, yeah, any footballer like yourself that got... Mm-hmm. Got injured during that period, then it's yeah, it makes it twice as hard as as it already yeah, is. Especially mentally, it was tough. Like we yeah. Just, yeah, like literally, no one's around. Then I started running. I'm running on my own. No one, no one's around. I'm on a bike. No one's around. You know, you just, it shows what you are as a person as well. It works both ways. How yeah. how mentally strong are you? Mm. How much how much can is it gonna is it going to break you or is it going to make you, as they say? Yeah. Yeah, that definitely was that that period. That's what it was all about. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was tough. Right, okay. So, uh, your midfield, have you gone for... Midfield four. four or, yeah. Four, but it's very attacking. It's very attacking. So, on the, on the left, I've gone for Dan Juma. Oh yeah, he's really, um, really yeah, doing well now, isn't he? Yeah, so he comes to Bournemouth. He comes to Bournemouth actually a little bit injured, and I think he had a stress fracture in his leg. So it was a very stop start to begin with. But once he got going, and you're talking about men, mental mentality, his his mentality was very strong. Always wanted to to play at the highest level. Always thought he could be there. And his qualities you just see him now, especially in, in the Champions League or in La Liga, the yeah. quality that he has is is justified of his of his mental state. So uh really tricky, really tricky winger to play against. Always wants the ball, always wants to take you on, always wants to score, always wants to affect the game. And uh what he did for Bournemouth in last season, scoring that many goals, having that many assists, it was he's a he's a top player and Got his uh, reward now for for being not only at Villarreal but getting the call up for for the national team as well. Back in yeah. The national, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the way yeah the way that he's playing, he's going to stay there, isn't he? Yeah. I can't think yeah. of any uh, Dutch ones that are, that are doing as good as yeah. him, sort of attacking. Hopefully, to go and keep the going and gets a call up for the World Cup, which would be nice. Yeah, nice him on a big stage. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's. Um, 
there's a, there's a few sort of ones in in, in Bournemouth in, in the late years that have really just gone on and developed and I think that that's partly what Bournemouth is all about, wasn't it? Their model they made quite a lot of money from selling players to to big sides more than more than most other yeah. ones that got promoted. I think that was our our mentality as well as a, as a club was that because we went up through the league so quickly, we needed to get better as well. So we we were all we was always out doing extras, doing more in the gym, doing more tactically, doing more psychology. Psychology, it's easy for me to say, uh, but always doing stuff to try and improve ourselves, which effectively will improve the the team as well. So as you can see, like all all the players that have moved on have gone up rather than rather than down. Yeah. Who's on the the other side? I've gone for Matty Ritchie. Okay. So he, he's played everywhere, isn't he? Matty Ritchie is an absolute pest. So me and him was up against each other every day in training, and uh, he'd never have. It's all about. Like professionalism, that he never had, he never has a down day. Like he never, not one day does he go. Oh, just want to get through training today. No, he's he's on it. He wants to win at everything. Uh, he's buzzing around the place all the time. And you can see, I I think his best position is on the right wing. I think he's always he's always been when he when he was at his at his best, he's been on the right, linking up with Simon Francis. Cutting inside, shooting, crossing. Uh, so for me, he he deserves to be on that right wing, and uh, the the qualities that he has, and what he done for Bournemouth. You know, some of the goals he scored is just, mm. and the, how crucial they were, was just just shows why he get, he gets in my team. And even now, isn't it at Newcastle, he's been doing pretty well this season. I think he's got a bit more competition now, but. Um, yeah, he's he's one that's been been in the prem for yeah number of years now. I'd, yeah, right wing you think is his his best position? That's yeah for me. Yeah, it's interesting because he's yeah he's played a number of different different. Well, I, think, he? Yeah, yeah, he got, I wouldn't say full play left back, but they Newcastle changed formation for a long time to five at the back mm. and basically with no wingers. So for him to get in the team, he'd have to play left wing back. Yeah. Uh, when I say it's natural to him, probably not. But being left-footed, it, it, it helps. And Matty will will give his all, no matter where he plays. It will give his all. So uh, yeah, but for me, I think his best position uh, is like right wing. Mm. Yeah, right. I was cutting yeah. in and cutting in, whipping the ball in. Yeah, yeah. Right, so the two midfielders gone. One have gone Jack Wilshire. Yeah, one of my favourite ever players. Yeah. Jack Wilshire. So everyone says it. If it wasn't for injuries, he'd still be playing at the top level now. Mm. About it. He he comes to Bournemouth. We had to we had to manage him, manage his minutes on on the training on the training pitch, which I don't think he got at Arsenal. So some some day, even after twenty minutes, half hour in training, the sports science was like, "No, you've done enough. 
Was it like a Ledley King situation then? A little bit. I don't. I think Ledley just didn't didn't train. Ledley didn't train yeah, at all. I think oh, like, Monday to Thursday, Monday to Friday, just on the bike in the pool, do whatever. Come out maybe Friday for a walk through and then play the game. Yeah. But no, Jack. So Jack would train, but at a certain time, depending on his loads, probably the previous week or what loads coming up, he'd get taken off the training pitch. So he might, say it might it might be 20 minutes. At the start, it was like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, no, off you come. Yeah. You can see he's getting very frustrated because, like, anyway, he just wants to play. He just wants yeah. to train. He, just wants, he wants to touch the ball. He wants to... But as the season went on, once you start to realise, oh, hang on a minute, I'm playing week in, week out. I'm playing every game. I'm getting through the game. I'm not getting niggles. I'm not getting... You know, the, the tightness that I did have before. He started to understand that what we were doing was, was effective and helping him. And so he, he played he played near enough the whole season. And I think if, it might have been the second to last game was Tottenham away. I think he got done on his ankle. And that just, it just put, uh, ended his season, unfortunately. To say it was, it was nothing, it was an impact injury. It was nothing that, that it wasn't a muscle strain. It wasn't. Uh, like a tear, it was just say an impact injury, which was unfortunate. But him as a player, as you see, you just got all you got to look at is that that game against Barcelona, mm. the qualities that he has, and now he's in Denmark, the qualities that he's probably showing over there as well. So yeah. I, know, I know he wants to get back to where he belongs. I know he feels like he's in a good he's in a good state fitness wise. So for him going over there, playing a few games, getting back to match sharpness, and then hopefully coming back over here and improving himself again. Yeah, I remember watching him in the League Cup and in the Youth Cup when he was 16. Yeah. And um, we used to obviously play the kids in the League Cup, but I think he was playing against Wigan, like their first team, and they were, you know, Premier League. Mid-table side back then, and just the best player in the park by an absolute mile. And it was like one of his first ever games, and I thought this this kid's going to win the Ballon d'Or. Like, he loves the club. He, he, he yeah. loves the club, and uh, it's just unfortunate that the club couldn't give him anything. Mm. Which I think I think I think he deserved it, just on the basis of they, they were struggling for players. I mean, I don't. For me, I don't think there was any harm in him giving him a contract to the end of the season. I mean, he was training with the first team. Well, we had to call off a game for not having That's another player. So, yeah. Yeah, for me, I, I felt he deserved he deserved a contract, even if he was still in the season. Even like a nostalgia one, but I think he would have proved a lot of people wrong, and I reckon mm. he, he might have nicked a couple of games here or there, but. No, uh, he's he's happy in Denmark. He's playing, so hopefully he comes back and improves proves uh, a lot of people wrong. Yeah, yeah, I'd uh, I'd love nothing more than that. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, he's well up there as yeah, my favourite player. That's for sure. Okay, so in in with him, I'm going a long way back here. But I played with the best player I've ever played with. In my career, best player. That's a Delta Rapt. Oh, we're top. We're top. Then, was that? Yeah. 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 Oh my God, this kid. 
This kid is the best football I've ever seen in my life. The things he could do with a football, the way he controlled it, the way he moved. If it wasn't for his attitude, it's probably his ego. He, he'd, he'd be playing for probably like Real Madrid, Barcelona, the, like the, the top. Say it's just a shame, and I think now, I think he realised later on in life. I mean, he's playing for Bar, uh, Benfica now. I think he got a bit lost, but oh, as a, as a player, it was what I've never had a player make me laugh so much on a football pitch. Some of the things he used to do, oh, it was just frightening. And uh, yeah, for me, he's, he's the best player I've ever played with, like skills wise, and and. The movement of the ball and his his presence, the way he manipulated the ball and manipulated his body with with the ball, it's say so I I can't I can't say highly I can't speak highly enough of him because of him as a as a player. Yeah, it's just, it's just a shame that his ego his ego got in the way because I think any manager who's who's had him like you speak to Neil Warnock. Who had him at QPR, and uh, I was listening to a podcast actually that Neil Warnock did, and he was talking about Adele Tarrapt, and he's saying like they just had to leave him up there. Yeah, let's play with ten men at when they didn't have the ball, and then just try and find him. And some of the goals he, he scored for QPR. Oh yeah, just yeah, it just shows it, and some of the yeah. nutmegs and stuff like that is. He could just do it, if you, but he done it with ease as well, which is. Down with ease, and he's just he's like every day. So I just him playing over the park, just mm. knocking the ball about, popping it through someone's legs, shooting, scoring. So was he was he like the best at training when you was at Tottenham then? At that at that sort when, of age, when he wanted to, yeah, he's like he could turn it. Not many people can turn it on and off, but he could turn it on and off. When he wanted to, he was he was unbelievable. But when he when he was a little bit upset or whatever, then he could just go missing. And he might as well just not playing. Yeah, he, he would have only been a, quite young as well back then, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think he was only maybe 17, 18, 18 maybe. Yeah, so, uh, and he sort of always had that uh, ego. Oh, yeah, so he, his first game, I'll never forget it, in, in the reserve. So we were going back a while now, so it was re- reserve team football. Was playing West Ham, and uh, I think it was winning one nil. It's like the 90th minute. The ball's gone up in the air. He's controlled it. One player's come. He's popped it through his legs. And then another player's come. He's popped it through his legs. Then the first player's come again, and he's popped it through his legs again. And now I'm just laughing. And then all I've seen at the corner of my eye is the centre half. Just run. So this is all in the middle of the pitch. Yeah, yeah. The centre half just run and just cleaned him out. Like red cards. So just didn't even look at the ball. Just kicked him up in the air. Yeah. And then from then I just thought, oh my god, what a player! What a player! Like he could be anything he wants to be. He was that good. Yeah, he's he's definitely one of the the great kind of what if. Yeah. What if footballers like he? He's still. Yeah, so he's at Benfica. Like great career. A good career, but he should have he should have done a lot better. 
Mm. Yeah, that that is attacking that midfield. Yeah, yeah. Although, front three, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although we did um, we did it with Matt Jarvis, and he put yeah. like four four centre attacking mids in midfield. Yeah, and and he put a, a left mid at left back. So uh, that's, that might this might be conservative compared to that potentially. But I, yeah, I love that that midfield too. Yeah, yeah, it's insane talent, man. Uh, so the three I've gone for is gone middle Harry Kane. So Harry come on loan at when I was at Leighton Orient. Yeah. So I left Tottenham, went to Leighton Orient, signed there, and then we got we got Andros Townsend on loan for a bit. Then you right. Then we got Harry come on loan. So while I was at Spurs. There was always, always this talk about this this striker called Harry Harry Kane coming through. So then, is he is he made a good career for himself now? He's doing all right. Yeah. I don't really know what's up. He's apparently he's doing all right. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so he grew up near me, so I used to pick him up, take him into training, drop him off and that. But then he. Used to just watch him. So after every every training session, they talk about hit with bag of balls, finishing right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot. I'm looking at him going, like you got a great, you got a great work ethic. Yeah. For a footballer, you got a great work ethic. You're only 17 years old, but you're coming here left foot, right foot. And then we was playing Huddersfield away. Huddersfield away. He was playing, I can't remember if he come on or he started. And it was nil nil, and then they gone down the line. Someone's crossed it, and he's gone. He scored this um, fantastic header, great header, bush, top corner. And from then I thought, yeah, you, you could see he just gave him that bit of confidence. Yeah. Like yeah, I can I can play here. Like I'm ready. And since then, I mean you. Look at the career he's had. It's, it's frightening, really. How many goals he scored? But from that moment, I just knew that he's he felt like he was ready. Like he, he turned into a different person. Like he started coming yeah. out of shell a bit. I mean, he, he knew that he was ready. He, he uh, all that practicing paid off, and he was he was ready to to start his career in a safe alongside someone else that I've got up up front. The best finishes I've I've seen. Yeah, and what you said about him practicing and mm. sort of taking a load of balls and that, that don't surprise me because the way the way that he strikes a ball off either foot as well. Yeah. And, and now the way that he's sort of built in his his sort of final ball passing. I bet you love watching it as well. Huh? I bet you love watching it. Oh well, he started off at Arsenal. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah, oh, he's a Spurs through and through, isn't he? Spurs fan, Spurs yeah. fan. Uh, but yeah, as I said, Harry Kane's Harry Kane. He's, he's just breaking records left, right, and centre. Yeah, and uh, I think no doubt he's probably break the the Premier League record if he doesn't if he doesn't move abroad. Which I, I don't think. Yeah, it, I think he only has to get like ten goals a season for the next sort of seven years or something, which. Doesn't sound like that much. Like, no. 
as long as he stays in England, yeah, yeah he probably will. So, yeah. So up front with him, I've gone Callum Wilson. Yeah. So, I mean, we bought him. <laughs> I mean, so we bought him from so three million we bought him for. Now for Bournemouth, three million was a lot of money. When we like, was, was he Coventry? Was he? He was at Coventry, yeah. yeah. So we bought him. So all all the lads together going, this kid better be good. I mean, it's free, and we this is fairly good. <laughs> One of the best first training sessions I've ever seen. He's he's like he's bringing the ball down over his shoulder. He's scoring goals left, right, and centre. We thought, oh my god, what a player he is! Uh, but that was his best training session I've seen him have. Oh. Yeah, it went downhill from there. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'd say so so effective. He fitted he fitted our style so well. Now, always willing to run in behind and it just it gave us such a relief and he scored so many goals for us just by, just by running in behind just being in the right place at the right time so strong holds the ball up well so he just has a knack for scoring even though he's, he's gone to Newcastle now he's still got a knack for scoring yeah but loves loves being number nine loves the fact that all the attention's on him like wants to be the main man wants to be scoring, wants it all the accolation, and uh, and a top guy to be around as well. One of one of the ones you want in your dressing room. You know, one of them always, always willing to fight, always willing, always wants to win, always helping the team when needed. Say always running, fighting to the end, and uh, it just shows what he's doing at Newcastle. How he's taken on, say, uh, he's taken on the number nine shirt. Yeah. Joe Linton didn't phase him one bit. All all the pressure that 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 number holds. No pressure for him. Scoring goals straight away. And uh, when he comes back from his injury, I'm sure he will be a a big player for Newcastle down forward. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely going to be one of those that that they're going to build the team around. I think. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely. Until Mbappe comes, then, uh, <laughs> then, uh, <Yeah. laughs> I mean, Wilson and Mbappe up front sounds alright. Yeah, like the pace on that. I mean, yeah. yeah. So uh, no, I, I do think I do think him. They will. He'll be involved in it for a, a good number of years until until he feels ready that he, he can't impact the game. Uh, yeah. as well as he can. Because when. When he left Bournemouth, I mean, because he got relegated, they could. Have, there's so many clubs; they were just lining up for him, weren't they? Really, and there was a few. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. We spoke. We spoke. There was a, there was a few clubs after him, and uh, obviously, I wanted him to go to Newcastle, being a Newcastle fan. But so him, you're saying you swayed it? No, 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 no. no. Yeah. So it, it was it was the right thing for him and his family. So uh, yeah, you know I. I was pleased that he, he chose to go Newcastle. I'm sure he's happy now. He, he chose to go Newcastle uh, with what's going on now with Eddie back there as well. Yeah, yeah. Linking up with Eddie, it's uh, yeah, it's a good thing. I, I I think he's made. I think he made the right choice in going to there. Yeah, I, I agree. And your uh, my last one, other one, yeah, is Super Jermaine Defoe. 
I mean, along alongside Kane, the best finisher I've I've seen, say left foot and right foot, the finishing, the accuracy that they have, that he has is is outstanding. And again, I know that you just look at his career that he's had. Everywhere he goes, everywhere he's been, he's scored goals. On his debut too, isn't it? His debut, yeah. He's scored on debut. His debut, yeah. So it's... I can't speak highly enough of Jermaine. Again, like I, I do with everyone in my team, it's not only them as a as a player, but for them him as a person as well. Yeah, yeah. Always, always willing to help. Always, but he's always eager to learn as well. Always gives you information if ever you ask for something. Always there if you if uh, if you need him. Yeah, and say just. What he's done in his career, everywhere he's gone, he scores goals. Yeah, he's he's he, that's why he's in my team. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think when you said uh, about the other finisher, after mm. talking about Harry Kane, yeah, Defoe is definitely one of. It's a bit of a cliche, but yeah, one of the most natural yeah. finishers about, and I know he gets described as that a lot, but. Yeah, he just is. He's just ice cool in front of goal. Yeah, he just like he just loves finishing, loves scoring. Doesn't matter if it's a yard out or twenty five yards out, he just loves scoring. Always wants to score. Yeah. So it's uh, it's a good trait being a striker and having that. Yeah, I think that that probably is. Yeah, yeah. Quite an important one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that was an attacking team though. Yeah, definitely three, three. Uh, sometimes when you have three up front, you've got a sort of one guy um, maybe providing it. But yeah, all three of them can. Yeah, I don't think we can plan that from back in it. <laughs> well, if a, if a team was a higher price, we could be struggling there. Not quite possibly, but it's, it's <laughs> uh, you've taken inspiration from Kevin Keegan, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. It? They score four, you score five. Yeah, we want the entertainers. Yeah, that's it. And I guess the manager, that's that's probably, I'm assuming that's probably the easiest. Yeah, it's kind of look in terms of. It's me. No, yeah. No. <laughs> it will be in a few years. Yeah, Eddie, Eddie Howard. The, uh, I mean, you just see what he's doing for Newcastle now. Mm. What stands him apart from a lot of managers is the detail that he goes into on the training pitch, off the training pitch. Mm-hmm. So for us for us as uh, at Bournemouth, because we was a small club, we had to we had to think of other ways that we could we could improve. So we knew that we as a as a whole needed to be a collective we need to be as one. We couldn't carry individuals. Yeah. And the stuff that he used to do was to make us become a team. And uh, yeah, it's. I mean, look at the journey we went on. It just it just showed the work that he put in on the on the pitch, off the pitch. How he galvanised us week in week out, and uh, got us to the Premier League. And not only got us to the Premier League, but we stayed in the Premier League as well for five years. As I said, for the size of the club, it's it's such a big task, especially when you're 
I'm saying you're trying to you're going up against the the cities, United, Liverpool's, mm. Arsenal's, Tottenham. The size of the club, even compared to ours, it was. When you think about it, it's quite scary when uh, our stadium only holds twelve thousand max. Even now. Yeah. Barney. Uh, yeah, because there's, there's a limit in there to what I think. Um, is it Col- Colchester where where you play as well? They, if they got promoted to the Prem, they were talking about it once there to like ground share oh, yeah. somewhere else or something like that. Is our old ground, Layer Road? I think it was their old ground. Yeah. So yeah, that must be right on the cusp of like. Um, I think it was. Yeah, and how to be a Premier League. When we moved to the, the Premier League, we actually lost seats because. They had to put more media stuff in. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we actually lost a bit of capacity. But, yeah, and I mean, it was, say, 12,000, I think it was. So, so one week we're playing against in front of 12,000. Next week, it's like 67. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, uh, yeah, so, it's, it's just... It's just a great journey that we went on and say to be in, in the Premier League for five years at a, a club like Bournemouth is just mm. it's just a great great to be part of. Yeah, in terms of like where when Eddie come in where they started from that mm. would have been a few I guess maybe two or three years before you joined. I think they were on the brink of getting yeah. relegated from League Two, weren't they? Yeah, so when he when he took over they were in administration, I think they were, and they were. Uh, I think that night they were going to go out of. I think they're going to go into liquidation, and then Jeff Mostyn kept them in business. Yeah. And then from then, the story of the minus seventeen. So they were on minus seventeen points, stayed up. And then I think the season before, the season after, maybe they got promoted to League One, and Eddie left to go to Burnley. And then a few of us signed. The club got taken over. A few of us signed. Then when he come back, we it was in October and we was in 17th position, I think it was. We was in a relegation zone. Mm-hmm. And then that season we got promoted. So from October, yeah, to the end of the season, we got promoted that season into the champ. Yeah. Then two years. We come 10th. Then we won it. Then we was in the Premier. Mm. So it was a it was a great journey. Yeah, I mean that's. I was on a podcast the other week and someone compared Bournemouth's journey to to like the Leicester title win in terms of where yeah. Bournemouth came from to get to the Premier League to stay in there. It's every bit of as big as an achievement as. As that really, and it, yeah, I guess it doesn't get talked about as much. But you don't, you don't see clubs. You could, you couldn't pick a club uh, now in League Two and imagine that they'll be, you know, five years in the Premier League. That's in, what in, I mean. in like ten years' time, can't see it. No, and it's only it's only now actually talking about it that you think, oh, what what an achievement it is. Because when you're involved in it, you don't really don't really think about it you're just just getting on with it yeah you're just getting on with it but now now I'm actually talking about it and actually thinking about it like it's it's a great story and I'm I'm just so proud that I was part of it yeah a big part of it as well like that's the hard the hardest bit 
is, you know, going from those last couple of promotions as well, because, yeah, a couple of people can do one or two promotions, but to do, yeah, to get to the Premier League um, from from kind of where they were is, yeah, it's, it's crazy, really. Um, on, on Eddie Howe, do you think it helped that he was like a club, legend or like played for the club before or is it just because of how good of a manager he is anyway in terms of the fans um or the players i suppose the fans and the the players did did he did he actually manage many players that he played with or there was a couple i think mark Pugh was there i think harry arter was there before they left and when he come back i don't think there was many there might have been there might have been four or five and they let us know what training was going to be like yeah and that, yeah, that was a shock compared to what it was before so he's just a deep proper detailed yeah and intense as well yeah. very intense training but uh, yeah it paid off didn't it yeah yeah I know you're you're very happy that he's at Newcastle I'm glad he didn't go Celtic because he he was supposed to get the Celtic job in, job in the summer, mm-hmm. but I don't know exactly what went on there. But I think things just didn't align in the way that he hoped. Yeah, I think I think it was what happened. I mean, there was there was things in the paper saying that oh, he was spotted doing house hunting and stuff like that, and uh, he he was in Bournemouth. But it's just it's just funny how little things get get thrown around but no, no, I know there was definitely talks and I think there was I think it was I don't know if it was quite close but I know there was definite talks going on but I think there's talks all the time with different clubs probably about if managers are going off or, or if there's vacancies available then there's always talks going around so uh, yeah. I think yeah, I think when this Newcastle one come up, I think it was one he couldn't really turn down. Yeah, it's a big job, isn't it? Like even even though the last few years Newcastle haven't been where, no, where they should yeah. be, and, and even take the the money out of it, the takeover and stuff, they're still one of the biggest jobs. Yeah, in the country, yeah. like they. I think it just shows the type of person he is as well. Like he's got. All the fans, it feels like the, the fans are closer to the players now than they've ever been. Yeah. I know this is one of his rules, and I can see he's enforced it into Newcastle, is that after every game, win, lose, or draw, you go clap the fans. That's one. That was one of his rules. They're the, they're the ones who've paid the money. They're the ones who keep the club afloat. You go show your appreciation. So that's, I can see that going on now at Newcastle. And I can see, I can just, even by looking at it, you can just feel the fans are, are closer to the team now than they, they I've noticed in the last five, five, six years, five, ten years maybe. They yeah. just seem more closer. And uh, I noticed it's down to little things like that, like that Eddie will introduce. And he, he wants the fans as close to the players as possible because he knows the power, especially... Instead of ten thousand fans behind him, behind behind his football club, he's got yeah. fifty thousand fans behind him. So, and he knows the impact that they can have on a football game. 
I say it's just his his personality, the way he comes across, the way he manages. He he will get the fans closer closer to the players and 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 try and get that feeling as one. You know, we're all in this together. It's all one, and we're we're trying to go go in the right direction. Yeah, I think it was really clever appointment by Newcastle mm. getting him in yeah. as well because like where they was at the time and they they might have been tempted to get in yeah. maybe a big a big name that didn't have any Premier League experience or or anything like that but no but as I said it's, it's kind it's of the same, yeah it's kind of the same of what they've done in the transfer market so they've yes, got yeah. the right person to get them where they want to be now yeah. whether they start to throw a lot of money at it and they still see Eddie as that manager that they want is another conversation. But I can see what he, what he's done at Newcastle since since November. He hasn't done himself any harm and he's if anything he's increased his his profile as a manager and what he, what he can do. Yeah, and I mean who knows one day Gareth Southgate's replacement. He's, I don't know if he'd, if he'd want that sort of job or not, but he'd definitely be be in the front. Yeah, link with it, sure. I reckon. But whether whether he it's for him is an, is another thing. Yeah. Well, we'll give it we'll give it ten years, and your name might pop up. That'd be really nice, wouldn't it? That would be nice. <laughs> well, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. It's a, it's it's a long road. Yeah. Um. Just just before we let you go. Charlie, um, so you've said Terap's the best player that that you've ever played with. Yeah. Who do you say is the most underrated? That I've played with. Yeah. Uh, you know, I felt she played higher. Uh, I think that's a great question. Underrated as a player. Just trying to think. Well, I would have said before this season it would have been Arnold Danjuma. Yeah. But now he's he's proven himself. And again, probably I would have said Aaron Ramsdale as well. But I'm going to go... I'll tell you who's done really well this season. He's probably a bit underrated. He's just getting a recognition now. He deserves probably Mark Travers. Oh, yeah. Mark Travers has done really well. There's one name that I can think of. He's... I think he's he's evolved as a goalkeeper. He's He's... He's playing week in, week out now, and he's starting to excel. I mean, he kept form within the game against Sheffield United the other day, and I think he's done that. He's done that on more on one occasion. I'd say Steve Cook as well. Steve Cook was, I think, underrated uh, as a as a centre half. Probably got overlooked by England, probably because of Lewis Dunk. You know, maybe at a bigger club, maybe they wanted. Something like that, but yeah, for me, Steve Cook was was underrated. Uh, yes, actually, we had a few: Harry Arter, Andrew Sermon, underrated; Mark Pugh, underrated. As a as a footballer, yeah, it was, it was a bit of an underrated yeah. team. To be Yang, fair, yeah. Jan I think, was underrated. He, uh, yeah. what, what a player he was. Uh, yeah, I think you could go for our whole team and say we're, we was all <laughs> underrated. 
So yeah, but no, I'll I'll, st- I'll stick with Steve Cook and and Mark Travers just for now because I I know Travers has done really well this season. Yeah, he, I don't think he's been been capped yet for Ireland, but I think he they they're definitely coming. Yeah, I think they've got quite. I think they've got they've got a good few goalkeepers though. They got. I think they've got, got three. Teller, they've got Banzu- yeah. Banzuma. Banzuma plays yeah. Pompey. Yeah, on loan three. It's good City, competition. I think. Yeah. Yeah, on loan from City. Yes, yeah, it's, it's good good competition to have, but I mean, like any like anyone, Travis playing week in week out won't harm him at all. With yeah. you and making him a better goalie. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was um, that Bournemouth side def- definitely full of full mm. of underrated players, and I mean, like like yourself, really. Just I, I don't know why the England caps didn't didn't come um, for for a lot of you guys, and even like someone like Callum Wilson's only got sort of mm. two or three caps or something as well. Yeah. So. Oh, I changed my answer then to the whole Bournemouth eleven that we had. <laughs> all under yeah, it's probably true. Yeah, all underrated because. You know, just to say, it's just the the stigma probably of because they play for Bournemouth, like any, like anything. So, uh, but you know, we we deserve to be there on merit, and we showed that five years in the in the Prem was was what we deserved, and you can see see just what some of the players' careers have have done. It's uh, it's it's good. It's it's been really good. Yeah, and just remember that it's it's as good as an achievement as that Leicester title win. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll take that, yeah. Yeah. All right, cheers. Thanks again, Charlie, for coming on. No worries. Um, yeah, top, top sides. I've, yeah, it's, it's got to be one of the very best we've had on for sure. Um, probably going to target your back three maybe with bit of pace in behind but no you'll score a lot of goals got Sylvan mate Sylvan Sylvan Cookie Hart you'll sweep up and then we'll just be the front six eight and uh, we'll be on the lookout for you as as a coach and and possibly a manager in in a few years time and yeah we'll see if if your sort of playing style uh, matches up with the team or not yeah no thank you no problem. And remember, guys, to keep it. Clear, 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 clear. Cheese. 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 No, 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 no.